season two of the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting podcast. You can attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-5208-0640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Barbara was recorded on May 18th, 2023. Hello, hello, hello. Um, so good to see each of you. And I'm going to cry. I'm, I'm a crier. And I have this little thing in front of me that says, there is no shame in my crying. I need to let tears flow. I won't hold on to pain. I have to let pain go. So with that being said, I will get through this. And I just want to say thank you to TD for inviting me. And I'm hopeful that all of you showed up. I don't think I've ever had, it says, what, 70 some people um, to listen to me. And I have to convince myself that it's okay for people to listen to me. Because I listen, I would rather listen to other people than have other people listen to me. And um, I'm not sure what that what all of that is about. But my name is Barbara. And uh, I am a miracle. I feel like I am a miracle. And I am a grateful adult child recovering from trauma and a dysfunctional upbringing who's learning to be her own loving parent. So I'll share a little bit about where I came from, uh, how, how I grew up. Um, I was born and raised in Mississippi um, to uh, my mother's name was Barbara, just like my first name. And uh, my father's name was Joe Neal. There were eight of us. And uh, I am the middle child. Um, and I grew up in the uh, 50s and 60s in Mississippi. And of course, that was a time when... Uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, integration and just a lot of things going on. And uh, my the house or the home that I grew in, grew up in was very scary for me. Not only the home, but the culture as well because of what was going on at the time. And it was very confusing in my home because my parents were sick. Both of my parents struggled with uh, alcoholism. And my father um, was extremely abusive. And I'm not going to go into a lot, a whole lot of details about all the abuse. But uh, for a child, for me growing up, it was very scary because I didn't understand why uh, my father was so physically abusive towards my mother. Um, and he, he had what I call a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type personality 
when he was drinking, he was very, uh, he was abusive. But at the same time, when he was drinking, that's when he wanted to seem to want to be close to me and tell me that he loved me. But I didn't want to be near him because of how he had treated my mother. And I didn't like the smell of alcohol on his breath. Uh, so I would, when a lot of times, and not only me, but most of my other siblings that were younger than me, we hid from our father a lot of the times when we knew he'd be coming home because we just didn't want to be around him. And my mother was a codependent. My parents said, actually, my mother ran away from home when she was 13. I think she said she met my father um, in um, Mississippi. They got married and they started a family. Um, I think he was 18, 17. I think he was 17. But anyway, um, they started having children. And even today, when I think about that, I'm going, at that age, what in the world do you know about having children? But that's what they did. Uh, my father worked as a butcher all of his life until he passed away. And my mother worked various jobs, um, everything from housekeeping. She worked with him for a while. Sometimes she did not work, but they worked and uh, somehow um, they raised us. We, um, I, I just can remember uh, just being so filled with so much shame because of the house that I grew up in. And it took me a long time to even be able to talk about what was going on in that house because it was painful and it was scary and there was no nurturing and there was no guidance and there was no talking, but just a lot of arguing and hurting each other. And uh, at times I didn't think it was fit to live in. We never had a bathroom, an indoor bathroom, never had indoor plumbing. Um, I can remember growing up and being in bed and trying to sleep as a child. And there were rats, you know, in the walls and I could hear them. And it was so scary. And um, having to get up and go to school. We didn't even, I didn't even go to school a lot because my parents didn't make me or make us go to school. When I went, I went. When I did go, I did, I did not go. Uh, but I had such a difficult time concentrating in school because I was always uh, thinking about my parents and the fact that they might, one might kill the other because they would actually fight with knives and bats and all kinds of uh, things. They would hurt each other with the end of. Uh, for some reason, I would be the one who would kind of intervene a lot of times in the fights, trying to protect my mother. It was like I thought it was my job to protect her. Uh, 
And during that time, a lot of times I would call, run to the neighbors. We didn't have a phone to call the police and uh, beg them to take my mother. We would all be, a lot of us, my siblings would be just begging the police to take him to jail so we could just get a good night's sleep. Because most, almost every night, the same things would happen over and over again. Uh, and sometimes they would take him and sometimes they would not take him. And uh, the next day, my mother would go and make arrangements to get him out of jail. And uh, that was that caused me to be, uh, caused a lot of anger um, in me. But the environment was very unstable, very unsafe. Uh, and very, uh, very dysfunctional. But somehow, you know, and I, I'm going to back up for a minute because this makes me think about the laundry list traits. When I read the laundry list traits, I, all of them, um, every last one of them, I could relate to them. They were traits that were a part of me. And I was so grateful at that, that time because I think they, they saved my life and they helped me uh, to survive. The environment I grew up in, the culture that I grew up in. Uh, uh, during that time, um, somehow I made it through school. And I think one of the uh, the uh, luxury list traits that uh, helped me survive a lot was being a, a, the people pleaser trait. I was, was uh, I was always very outgoing and very friendly because I wanted people. I, I'm sure I wanted people to like me, uh, and I can see it in some of the relationships uh, that I uh, that I was in. But I was always personable and always very friendly, and I genuinely liked people. Uh, so. In, in high school, academically, I didn't do well, but socially, I did pretty well because, again, so I was always very friendly, very outgoing, treated people uh, with kindness, treated people uh, respectfully, um, even though that was not always how I was treated, unfortunately. Uh, and... Uh, but that was that was okay, you know. I I survived it. I would graduated from high school, and I always say God had to be with me because I don't know how I graduated from high school, but I did. And uh, I was uh, most of my siblings. I think there were three out of eight. There were three of us that four that graduated and four that did not graduate from high school, and uh, and I. Never my, you know, my parents uh, didn't come to school uh, to things that uh, I was in. I played basketball. Excuse me. I played basketball in high school. Um, I was elected class favorite in high school. I was a football cheerleader in high school. And then also I was elected homecoming queen of uh, a predominantly white high school that I attended in my hometown. Uh, and all of those things, you know, I look back and uh, 
I have to be uh, proud of myself for achieving in spite of the fact that I didn't feel like I had, you know, supportive parents or parents who really cared anything about what I, what I did. I had lots of freedom, too much freedom as a teenager. Uh, I could go and come as freely as I wanted to. Uh, no, hardly any. I didn't know what a boundary was growing up. I learned about boundaries in a uh, 12-step program, and I'm so grateful that I know uh, something about um, uh, boundaries today. Uh, and after high school, I did uh, decide that I wanted to try college. Uh, nobody else had any interest in going to college, but for some reason, I wanted to go. And I went, um, didn't do well because I wasn't prepared for um, to handle the academics of college because I didn't do so well in in high school. But I went anyway. In the first two years, I was on academic probation. Uh, and uh, while I was at Southmore in college, my father uh, passed away at home. He was 41 years old. And uh, I can remember my mother saying how happy she was that he was gone. And in some ways we were too, um, because we knew that they wouldn't be hurting each other anymore. And that uh, we wouldn't uh, have to go through uh, or experience all of that uh, dysfunction in our homes. But of course, I carried a lot of the the dysfunction with me uh, where, you know, wherever I went, because it was just a part. It's, it's just what I do. So uh, the second year I did okay, much better in college uh, than I did the first year. And uh, I ended up leaving college my second year because I ended up uh, choosing to get married. And again, just like ACA says, we either become an alcoholic, we marry one or both. I ended up marrying someone who um, had a problem with with uh, drugs primarily. He was uh, he sold drugs. When we actually started dating when I was a freshman in high school, and we dated all through high school and college. And the money that he made from selling drugs, we used to uh, pay for our college education. Uh, I never did like the fact that he sold drugs or used uh, drugs, but in my family, we didn't talk very much about what we didn't like, or we didn't talk about you know, uh, I saw so much conflict. I grew up not liking conflict or not wanting to experience any conflict with people, especially someone that I cared about or that I was in a relationship again, because I, I, I'm sure I felt like the person would leave me. And I had some, you know, pretty serious abandonment issues. Uh, and I realized that uh, and uh, codependency issues as well. Uh, but that's that's uh, that's just what happened as a, to me as a result of growing up in uh, that type of an environment. Um, and the marriage, and, and, and this still amazes me today, 
how um, long I stayed in my marriage, um, had two children as a result, you know, out of from the marriage, um, tried really uh, hard to do things different than the way my parents uh, raised me. I tried to, to be a good mother to my children uh, by doing a lot of the things that my parents did not do, nurture them and love them and talk to them and read to them and play with them and expose them to different things. Uh, and uh, they used to tell me uh, that I was a good mom. Uh, but for some reason, when they would make bad choices, I'm going, I would think, well, I'm such a good mom. Why did you do that? And why did you do this? And uh, my daughter would say, mom, that has nothing to do with you. You know, especially as they got old, when she got older, she said, we have to make our own choices. Excuse me. Uh, but I just didn't feel like I was prepared and didn't know very much about being a parent. I just knew that I loved my children and wanted to show them how much I loved them. And uh, I did the best, the best that I could in that area. Um, and I think... Uh, my husband and uh, my ex-husband now, I ended up uh, getting out of the marriage because I was becoming uh, ill because I was trying so hard to help him with his uh, disease, just uh, with his disease. And I was, found myself enabling and uh, just becoming real sick both mentally and physically. So I ended up uh, getting out of the marriage after, ooh, I think it was like 30, uh, probably about 30 to some years. And uh, it hasn't been that long ago. And uh, I was just, I was thinking about all the losses and, uh, you know, a lot of those things that I'm, I'm still grieving over a lot of the losses. And I had as I was thinking about uh, a lot of the losses and I just some of them, uh, you know, I lost my marriage of 35 years. I lost my daughter to homicide uh, two years ago. Um, and I lost my, my, you know, we had a beautiful home, a million dollar home actually, and a million dollar business. Uh, we lost all of those things to the, to the drugs, and I lost yeah, so many losses as a child um, as well. Uh, and so, I, uh, those are, they're losses, things that I lost, and sometimes things that I, I still grieve, grieve about. But I always tell myself, I have to go on. I have to continue on. And thanks to this program and the tools that I've learned in this program, they have really, really helped me to, uh, to continue my journey and to heal. And I know the more I share my story and share uh, the pain, 
the less it uh, it lessens. It, I, I feel like I'm healing. And I know I've healed a great deal from a lot of the the, uh, the losses that I have. But the death of my daughter is still real fresh and, and with me. And, and I think I'll be, you know, grieving that probably for the rest of my days uh, because I, I just still, and, and that's okay. I'm okay with that um, because I still, uh, have good days, a lot of good days. And um and for that I'm grateful. Um I I this I want to talk more about how this program has helped me to heal and recover and move uh move forward. And it definitely has. I have worked through uh the yellow workbook that was very healing for me. I did that with a group of women and uh, we really uh, connected with each other and I was able to, and I cried a lot then. Um, and uh, sometimes, some days I'm going, I just wish I, I didn't have to cry so much, but that it is, it's just what I have to do until who knows when. But anyway, um, that helped me a lot. Uh, talking, getting a sponsor. Uh, I had a sponsor. I don't have one right now, but I did have a sponsor in ACA that I would call frequently. But now I find myself calling uh, my fellow, some fellow travelers and uh, sharing uh, what's going on with me and um, listening to them share. Uh, whatever it is that they need to share helps a lot too. And having a uh, relationship with a higher power, uh, that was one huge thing for me that I really appreciate about this program. It allowed, allowed me to uh, have a relationship or develop a relationship with my own uh, higher power. And uh just that uh, I have a knowing that there there is a spirit that's always with me wherever I go. That uh, and I believe that my higher power that that this spirit is also in each and every person, uh, also. And uh, I just I just feel so connected to to other people. Uh, but it's it still pains me a, a lot to uh, think about how much we can harm ourselves and each other. And, uh, you know, working the steps, I saw how much I had uh, harmed myself. A lot of things came out in my fourth step, and I was able to see a lot of patterns and uh I definitely ended up having to make a lot of amends to myself uh, for harming myself and uh, for harming others, um, including, you know, my parents. I remember uh, asking my mother before she died, I, I couldn't understand why she would keep having children knowing that you know, they couldn't take really good care of them. And uh, 
I also wanted to know why she didn't leave my dad, um, being that he was so abusive. And her answer was, you know, where in the hell do you think I could would go with eight children in like a fifth grade education? Uh, and I had understood because I thought, I guess, you know, because we could have ended up being worse off had she left uh, and gone somewhere. So I ended up, right before she died, just being able to say thank you for all that you did to try to keep the family together at your own expense. She ended up passing away when she was 61 years old. Uh, but she tried. And uh, this program helped me to learn to accept that my parents, you know, they did do the best that they could because they were traumatized too. Because I learned that uh, the the place that they came from, uh, my father's father was very abusive to uh, his wife as well. So it was just generational of so many people uh, just were... I think just trying to cope with with everything that they had to cope with, and alcohol must uh, you know kind of soothe it, gave them some sense of relief. But uh, I I know I you know I don't have any anger, only compassion uh, for my for my parents and for my past, and I hope. You know, I can't tell anybody how to feel, but I don't want anyone to feel sorry or any pity for me, but just compassion and gratitude that I survived. And uh, I think that compassion is something that we all, that will be great for all of us to feel toward ourselves and for one another. Uh, I know for me, it means a lot. And I try, you know, on a daily basis to extend compassion for me because I'm so far from being perfect and I still have so much healing to do, so much uh, learning to do, so much acceptance. Um, sometimes I still uh, tend to want to deny reality, uh, but I can snap out of it a lot quicker now. Um, I don't spend a lot of time uh, at all feeling sorry for myself because I don't have time for that anymore. Uh, I work on trying to uh, enjoy each day. And for the most part, I do. I usually always wake up grateful for the gift of a new day to start all over again. Uh, I, I try uh, to stay in the present uh, moment. Uh, and I love the uh, acceptance prayer. And I say that constantly. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. Uh, and I realize that uh, the solution, the, the big solution for me is to become my own loving parent. And I am constantly learning how to love and accept all of me, the parts that are wounded, the parts that uh, sometimes 
I don't like, but love them anyway. Uh, to know that uh, I have a right to be here. And I always tell myself the evidence is that I'm still here. And uh, that uh, I have, uh, that I'm learning how to be a healthier person in a world to me that sometimes appears and it feels unhealthy. And it feels like some, some a lot of times that so many people, there's so much trauma in our world. And that, that's another reason I'm so grateful for the tools of this program, because for me, it's helping me to heal from the trauma. And I think I can uh, function healthier in a healthier way, in a more loving, kinder way in the in this world. Uh, and for that, I'm grateful. Uh, and I think I'm going to stop there. Um, I don't know how long I've spoken. I I've never spoken for 45 minutes. And uh, I just want to say how grateful again that I am to each of you for being here. And uh, I always learn a lot and I appreciate you sharing your experience, strength, and hope. Um, and I'm so grateful that you're on this journey of recovery with me. And I, I think it's going to, it, it, our world is just going to be a better place. And I'm going to have, always have hope that things will get better. And I wish you all the best on your recovery journey as well. And I love each, each one of you. Thank you.